Good afternoon, Sixers fans. I'm Jerry Green here with Coy Camisholi. Today is a pretty good day in Philadelphia because the Sixers won last night, 123 to 117, against the Brooklyn Nets, who uh, are their main competitor for the one seed in the East. So this is a huge win for the Sixers. Uh, how are you doing, Coy? I'm doing really good. And um, Jerry, I'm going to start off on a hot take this early. You said the Nets are our number one competitor for the one seed. I don't think they are. I think the uh, Milwaukee Bucks are our number one competitor for the one seed. And my explanation for that is I just don't think we've proven that we can beat the Bucks yet. And I just think the Nets are the most overhyped team, and I think we match up well with them, so I think we beat them. Speaking of beating them, we take the series season series two to three, so we have the edge over them, and we maintain first place. So what do you think about that hot take to start the show? You think you think the Bucks are our biggest competitor for coming out of the East or for yeah for coming out of the East. East? Yeah, I'm. I might agree with that, but that, not like one seed. If that was real quickly, sorry. If you said one seed, then I guess the hot takes kind of ruined. But it's still a hot take. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, I think everything you said is true, but a lot of things are probably going to change in the playoffs, uh, just because you know we haven't seen Brooklyn at full strength yet. And we'll get into that later. But um, I I do think you can make a case for the Bucks maybe being a strong competitor to take the one seed. You know, the race is definitely not over. Uh, Sixers have a one-game lead over the Nets and a three-game lead in the loss column over the Bucks. So, uh, and we play the Bucks two more times. If they can beat us both of those times and, you know, pick up a game somewhere else, then all of a sudden they're the one seed. Yeah, but at this rate, it's so, sorry for interrupting, but like at this rate for me, it's a two-man race between us and the Nets because it like, and it's still obviously possible because like you said, it's only three games back. But when you look at it, the Nets have been two and a half to three games out, one and a half, four games out the entire season. And with the ways, the way that the Nets and Sixers win and they will win what, like two out of three games every single time or three out of four, something like that, uh, I just don't think they'll be able to catch up. Yeah, that's a good point. It's also worth noting that the Bucks are five and five in their last ten, so struggling a little bit recently. And you know the Nets—they obviously have Durant just coming back from that pretty serious injury. Harden has some sort of hamstring strain, so he's been out for a little while. And you know Kyrie—he's one to sit out pretty often. So and you know that's probably what I think will hold them back from getting the one seed, I think the Sixers should uh, be the one who finishes at the top of the conference just because the Nets just lack inconsistency with their stars playing. And I could easily see them, you know, dropping a game or two that'll cost them just because they're not healthy or, you know, guys are sitting out. And which I think the Nets, they don't really care about the regular season that much. They just say, whatever, we'll see you in the playoffs. And, you know, that's, pretty much what the Golden State Warriors did after they had that uh, one seed at 72, 73, and 9, whatever the record was. I'm blanking on it, but um, I think it was 73 and 9. But, 73 and 9. Yeah, but after they had that season there, and then they lost in the finals, they were pretty much just like, all right, you know, we're going to be the one or two seed every year, but we don't really care about the regular season that much. We'll see you in the playoffs. It seems like that's what the Nets are doing, and, you know, it, it kind of makes sense. But we did talk about how important we think the one seed is for the Sixers, at least, because when you get to the second round, 
whoever is in the four or five matchup, whether it's the Hawks, the Celtics, the Heat, you rather see them much more than the three six matchup, which is probably going to be the Bucks. So uh, one seed is very important, and the Sixers' win last night was a huge step to getting it because not only do they take the one game lead over the Nets, they also earn the tiebreaker. Uh, since we only played the Nets three times this season, we beat them twice out of three. So if we have the same record at the end of the season, the Sixers will get the one seed just because of that tiebreaker. Yeah, and going back to what you just said a second ago, I uh, took the words right out of my mouth. It what it really is so important, and with what the Nets are doing this regular season, it kind of shows a lot of confidence. And you know, we said it on podcasts months ago. You know, back in March, April. You know, whenever I was in Florida, we mentioned like almost every Sixers podcast. Uh, and it's kind of crazy. You look back at the standings back then, the top three, well, you know, obviously it's the same between Sixers, Nets, and Bucks, but it's like so similar. Like it's the same amount of games back almost every single time. But yeah, it, it shows a lot of confidence by the Nets because they are, you know, barring a big upset at the three or six, three and six seed, if the Nets get the, uh, secure the two seed or one seed, then they would have to play the Bucks. Uh, and you know, you don't want to play the Bucks or Nets in that second round, really. Anyone, and we mentioned it before. I'm not going to go in depth about it because it, it just it's a long explanation for some that's common sense. But let's talk about the game now. Uh, so obviously, you know, James Harden and Kevin Durant both sat out in this one, and Blake Griffin, if you want to mention, and uh, Lamarcus Aldridge just retired. <laughs> he had a heartbeat problem or something, so he did retire. So they lose a man there. Uh, he was valuable, but not really to their team at the same time. So Kyrie was the only star player playing for them in this one. And he did play like a star. He had 37 points, shot 13 to 22. But that was no match for him beating the Sixers as Embiid drops 39 and 13 rebounds, along with 13 to 29 shooting. Yeah, Embiid with the MVP performance. Um, it's going to be difficult for him to win because Nikola Jokic is having a great season. Uh, and you know, with the Nuggets, they're, they're like before when, you know, before MB got hurt, the main argument was, well, the Sixers are the one seed and uh, team record is like kind of the difference maker. Plus, I think Embiid has been a little bit better on the court uh, than Jokic has just because of his defense. Both are very talented offensively. Jokic is maybe an average player defensively, uh, whereas Embiid is a potential defensive player of the year candidate. Um, but you know, obviously, Jokic has played every game of the season, and Bede has missed quite a few. If he plays every game the rest of the season, I still think it's going to be hard for him to win, just because you know you look at what Jokic has done. The Nuggets right now are uh, they're sitting at the four seed. They're a few games back on the Clippers. I could easily see them getting up to that three seed, and maybe even making a deep playoff run. Obviously, it's a regular season award, but they're having some pretty decent regular season success. Jamal Murray just went down, but uh, they picked up Aaron Gordon at the trade deadline. So I think they're still in a pretty good position, you know, to finish in the top half of that Western Conference. And that obviously we talked about just now how we think the Sixers will be the one seed, but still uh, with the games that Embiid's missed and just how good Jokic has been, I think it's going to be hard for Embiid to win the MVP. But regardless, uh, still put up a great performance last night. 39 points. 13 boards, uh, 13 of 29 shooting, 3 of 6 from 3, and 10 of 11 from the line. That's the full stat line for you. Also had two blocks and two turnovers. Um, you know, I'm not even surprised at this point, and I think this is very 
a very key performance just because yeah, the Nets didn't have their stars, um, Harden and Kevin Durant, but they they're not going to get really much more defensive help, uh, at least uh, from big men. And Embiid, they really had no answer for him last night. So I, I think it's going to be a problem for the Nets. I thought that before, and you know this, uh, you wouldn't have any reason to believe that Embiid wouldn't light up the Nets with you know you just look at their center rotation: DeAndre Jordan, Nicholas Claxton. Uh, maybe Blake Griffin and obviously Lamarcus Aldridge retired. Hopefully, you know he ends up being okay um, with that heart scare. He said it's one of the scariest things of his life. But um, like you said, I don't think it really affects the the Nets too much. Um, but anyways, they're they're gonna have a tough time stopping him. No matter who's out there, they just don't have the personnel to guard him. They're gonna have to throw double teams at him all the time, and this is what makes. This is what gives the Sixers a chance to beat the Nets. Obviously, the Nets have way more talent. They have three of maybe the ten best players in the league, but and the Sixers have maybe one of the ten best players in the league. But the way we're able to exploit their weaknesses and the supporting cast around them beats Tobias Harris, Ben Simmons, Danny Green, Seth Curry, Shake Milton, George Hill, all these guys who knock down shots while Embiid is getting double teamed. That's going to be key and. You know, this is the reason why I think the Sixers have a chance. Obviously, the Nets are stacked, but uh, the reason why I think the Sixers have a chance is, well, we just saw it on display last night with the way that Embiid was able to dominate. Yeah, and I'm just going to say right now, I think a full and healthy Nets can't beat the full and healthy Sixers. Anyways, uh, yeah, they've gotten some depth at the deadline. You know, obviously picked up Griffin. Uh, Aldridge just turned to nothing now. Um, but I just – don't think they can stop us. We've they've holes in their players or in their team that need to be filled in order to stop us. Obviously, they don't have the big to defend Joel Embiid. That's that's their problem. Embiid's a top two candidate for MVP, I'd say. Uh, maybe at this point, say top three or top five. Uh, but he's if he played more games, he'd be number one. So if you can't stop what would be the number one player for MVP, uh, he's just going to put thirty something points on your head. And then you obviously have Ben Simmons. I like Ben Simmons on Kevin Durant. Limit him, you know. And then you just go down the list. I, I just think we have more depth in certain spots than the Nets do. But I'll leave that there. You guys can take it how you like. But let's talk about another star last night, Tobias Harris. He had 26 points, shot 11 of 17. So a great night from him. Ben Simmons, he shot 6-11 with 17 points, also nine assists. Defensively, he got the job done too. Three steals, one block. And the big debate's coming out now. Like, it's always been a debate, but now it's coming, kind of breaking into the media. Is Ben Simmons the, the defensive player of the year? Because at this point, I think he should. Um, probably. And, you know, he did a good job last night, but Kyrie Irving did go off. Um, we talked about him a little bit, but he had 37 points on 13 to 22 shooting, uh, nine assists as well. Kyrie was the only reason why the Nets were even remotely close throughout the first three quarters. We'll talk about the fourth quarter in a little bit, what happened there. But, um, yeah, I, uh, Ben Simmons wasn't really the one guarding Kyrie for most of the game. And if there was, a, like, a seven-game series against the Nets, the Nets, I think he'd spend more time on James Harden and Kevin Durant. Shake Milton was the one mostly guarding Kyrie. Obviously, couldn't really contain him that well, but he did his best. And Shake got it done on offense, 15 points and three of four from beyond the three-point line. Uh, so pretty good night from Shake. He was the biggest contributor off the bench. 
Um, but back to the Ben Simmons Defensive Player of the Year debate, I think it's between two or three guys. You have Ben Simmons on one hand, who's a perimeter guy, and he locks down stars every night. And then you have a couple of big men, Rudy Gobert and Miles Turner, who do a great job of protecting the rim for their team. I Honestly, you can scratch Turner off at this point just because the Pacers have been so bad recently. I think they've dropped out of the top eight in the Eastern Conference. But I think it's between two players then, Rudy Gobert, Ben Simmons. Obviously, the Jazz, one of the best defensive teams, one of the best teams in general. They do have the best record. And Rudy Gobert is you know, pretty much their whole defense. It all runs through him. He protects the rim very well. Uh, Ben Simmons, they're like two different styles defensively. Uh, We'll see how the voters decide, but if I had to choose one, I think I honestly might go with Gobert. Actually, I'm just going to take that back. I think I would probably go with Simmons just because, you know, like you look at the Mavs game, not the most recent one, but the first time we played the Mavs, the Sixers won that game because Ben Simmons was guarding Luka Doncic. And there's no other reason. I, I mean, Ben Simmons, he can take out the other team's best playmaker, best score, whatever, um, and, you know, completely diminish their offense. And I think that's something that kind of gets underestimated at times. Like, oh, yeah, like people just think about, oh, yeah, he gets a lot of steals. Um, he guards the best player a lot. But the fact that, like, he can shut down another team's offense by taking away the other team's best playmaker like we saw with the Mavs, when Luka Doncic couldn't get anything going, the rest of his teammates weren't able to get anything going because they run mostly everything they do through him. Um, So, you know, I think if you look at it that way, Ben Simmons might have a stronger case. Yeah, and, uh, you know, like you said, he wasn't guarding Kyrie the whole night last night. Obviously, Kyrie went off. uh, But I definitely think Ben deserves it this year. Uh, To talk about a couple other players, Curry and Green, they combined for 12 points. Uh, two, six, and three combined. They didn't take many shots. They combined four, nine from the field total. So not bad there. Bench, you know, we mentioned Shake. He had a good night, six of eight from the field. Furkan had nine points. He was two of five from three. Seibel played a solid 20 minutes, only had two points, shot one of four, but he got those two blocks. Uh, that's just normal Matisse Seibel things. And Mike Scott rounded out the bench with three points, only shot two shots, got 15 minutes. Ray John Tucker slipped in at the last couple seconds and got nine seconds. But other than that, Dwight Howard did not play. You know, Max obviously didn't play. Uh, but the Sixers, they just got it done all around. Uh, you know, it wasn't easy at times, but they got it done. And, yeah, that brings us to the fourth quarter, which we'll spend a little bit of time talking about before we wrap this up. But in the fourth quarter, the Sixers had a pretty – a pretty big slip that caused some concern. Uh, this was a six-point game at the end, but if you watch the first three quarters, you would probably be shocked at that just because of the way that the Sixers pretty much dominated throughout the game. Uh, at one point in the fourth quarter, they were up by 22 points, and then the Nets bench unit actually went on a, a, a run and brought them within, I believe, three points, maybe four points at one point with like a minute or two left. So it was a little bit of a scare. Starters had to come back on. Joel had to come back on. Um, who Joel, by the way, ended up playing 33 minutes. So 39 points in 33 minutes. Uh, that's pretty impressive. But, you know, uh, it, was a, it was a bit of a scare for the Sixers just because they had so much momentum and they got so close. And it's crazy because we talked about how Kyrie Irving kept them in the game pretty much throughout the first three quarters, which they really weren't in the game 
if you think about it, like they were down by 10, 15, 20 points for up until that fourth quarter run their bench went on. But the guys who were doing it, uh, some of the notable ones, Alize Johnson, and he's like a, a reserve power forward who barely ever played for them before. He was guarding Embiid, and he was pretty much just denying any passes into the post to Embiid. And uh, they also had Nick Claxton out there. Uh, Landry Shamit was hitting some shots on his former team, the Sixers team that drafted him. Um, after Bruce Brown was out there doing the Bruce Brown thing. He, everyone, he got a ton of attention a few weeks ago because he would have these insane games where he's like kind of playing as a center, but he's also a shooting guard. Uh, it's really weird. Some things the Nets do are really weird as a team just in general, but he was really good in that stretch. And they were just, you know, out hustling the Sixers and they fought their way back into the game. But ultimately, you know, the Sixers won and that's all I'm really cared about. Uh, it was pretty scary, though, for a second, just how close it, it, it really was like anyone's game. I'm surprised that Steve Nash didn't put Kyrie Irving back in the game because um, I think if, you know, you give the ball to Kyrie, he can he can score for you. Uh, I don't know why they didn't do that, but. I guess I can't complain. The Sixers won. Yeah, going into that fourth quarter, the Sixers were hit by 10. Uh, they ended with up by six, but there was a really close point in that middle part of the fourth quarter. Uh, the Nets overall, they didn't shoot the three ball well. They shot 421, which concludes the 19%. That quick math in my head, uh, it's getting better and better at every podcast. But I think if they shot better from three, I think this would have been their game. Sixers shot 46% shooting 13-28. That's a big difference. Uh, but the Nets were kind of automatic from the free throw line, only missed 3 of 30. That's good for 90%. But the big thing here that the Nets had the edge on, which is kind of weird because usually nowadays you out-rebound the other team by this much, you usually win. The Nets out-rebounded the Sixers by 11, including seven more offensive rebounds than we did and four more defensives. So that when you read that, you would kind of think they would win uh, that was not the case, but overall, the Sixers, they got the job done. They improved to 38-17, and 17, a game up over the Nets now, which is very nice. Yeah, um, it's nice to have that little cushion. For a while there, it was a little bit of back and forth where the Nets would have the one seed. Sometimes Sixers would have it, but uh, getting that tiebreaker was probably the biggest thing because now – you know, it's basically like a two-game lead if you really think about it because, yes, they have this one-game lead in the win-loss column, but if the Nets do, you know, catch up to them, catch up to that one-game difference, then the Sixers are still ahead of them because of the tiebreaker. So if you – it's basically a two-game lead. That that kind of sounds stupid, but if you really think about it, it, it kind sense. of is like a two-game lead. Yeah, it does make sense, but – Jerry's makes sense sometimes, guys. It's Dr. Jer. If anybody's an OG listener, Dr. Jer. Yeah. Um, but anyways, uh, that's pretty much it. That's going to wrap this up. Um, so thank you, everyone, for listening. And we'll see you next time. Sixers play the Clippers on tomorrow at 7 o'clock. That should probably be another interesting game. Clippers are a good team. Uh, so we'll see you then. All right. Thank you, everybody. Good luck to the Philadelphia 76ers tomorrow night. Peace.